Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You know I might have been born just plain white trash, but fancy words are my name. Welcome to Glamorous Trash. On this podcast, we have episodes where we book club celebrity memoirs, and we have other episodes like this one where we pontificate about pop culture. And this is a Glamorous Trash Talk episode where we are discussing Love is Blind Season 5 and the case of toxic settling. I'm calling it toxic settling because... Wow. Uh, We saw a lot of it happen on this season. As viewers, if you finished the show, you toxically settled for this show. I Yes, I'm one of them. In my own past, I have also toxically settled in a relationship. So I really recognized it in this season. I think we picture settling with someone as something that's very boring, very dull, like you're kind of giving up on something big and settling. But I actually think settling takes a lot of work. I think it's something... You put a lot of effort into making a relationship work for you that's not supposed to work for you. And you can tell you don't fit with it or they don't fit with you and you just keep pushing. It's highly toxic in my eyes. It's not boring and dull. You know, we have quiet luxury. This is quiet toxicity where you are just, you're just forcing yourself to hold hands with the person that's not for you. So we're going to discuss that a little bit in this episode, but most of this episode is really just rehashing and digging into the fun of season five of Love is Blind because, wow, there is so much. It's really a trash talking episode, okay? It's We're just getting into the weeds on this whole season. We have so much to discuss, like JP said he had a new girlfriend. I think it's a blow-up doll. Prove me wrong, JP. Come out here and prove me wrong. Why does Johnny have multiple pairs of those clear shoes? Who is actually taking the high road between her and Stacy? It wasn't Stacy. Why did we see Stacy teach a Pilates class when she's also a closet organizer? Also, why does Stacy say she's a makeup artist? Because according to her own makeup, no, she is not. We've got couples that were cut out of this season. We have drama that took place behind the scenes that we're going to talk about. And there was only one marriage left standing. There's so much to talk about. So let's play a little clip from the show to get started. My biggest insecurity, I got a bald-ass head. My past sounds like 8,000 walking red flags. Letting somebody in is really scary. Will you marry me? I have never felt this kind of love. I'm glad I made the decision that I made. I heard a lot of sketchy shit about you. How is that? I like you better without makeup so bad. She planned for us to both be here because she couldn't let me go. It's a little bit awkward. I was just curious what someone 30 would be interested in a 24-year-old. It's phony. We need to go over everything, the savings, the checking, salary. Love is blind, I get that, but sometimes love wants to fly first class. Our guest today is an NAACP Image Award-winning Critics' Choice Award-nominated TV and screenwriter. She most recently wrote for Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Netflix's Family Reunion. She is also a professor at Syracuse University where she teaches screenwriting. Next summer, she'll be shooting her directorial debut, a film she wrote that's a Shakespeare story, but as a high school comedy. In other words, glamorous trash. Please welcome Taylor Von Lasley. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. I did not know about your film until I read your bio. So that was very exciting for me to read. I'm excited to, at some point, pitch it to you. I'm sure I'll talk your ear off about it. I cannot wait. And I'm so excited that we are here doing this episode. We have come close to doing lots of episodes together. Yes. What was it that made you say, love is blind? I got to tap in for this. I mean... I had one overarching question for Love is Blind season five. And that question was, what the fuck? 
So I'm really glad to be able to bring that question to you, Chelsea. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm I'm going to join you in asking that question. And so for anyone who didn't watch Love is Blind season 5, I think you I think you could probably enjoy this episode without it. However, there's so much to recap. We won't be able to get every moment because this season was bonkers bananas. So I want to go couple by couple, discuss the toxic settling where it's relevant. And I think going couple by couple will lead us into key moments that we must discuss. Absolutely. That sounds perfect. Okay. So let's begin. I want to do two couples at the same time up top. The biggest ones, Lydia and Milton, Uche and Aaliyah. Okay. I have so I have I have more questions than I have answers, and I I actually yeah. watched the season twice, um, searching what? for answers. Yeah, because I needed. I went back as almost an investigative journalist because I needed to know what the dynamics were between these people, and I needed to see, you know. Once I had the information that I had towards the end of the season, I needed to see what people's behavior was. And I'm just convinced that everyone is off their rocker. Oh, yeah. Just an absolute maniac, which I have to say, sometimes you can just discuss the reality show. I feel like on this season specifically, we have to discuss the show, the people in it, and separately, the producing. Yes. The producing of this show so it was shot two years ago, which I think is relevant. So we're back in a world where Love is Blind is crushing it. It's coming, you know, seasons are already coming out and they're, and it's huge, but we're not where we're at today where they've flubbed the big live reunion. <laughs> right. And there's so much online discourse. And I think in this season, they said, we can do whatever the hell we want. They, they tried to be writers through the editing. Yes. They tried to physically write new storylines that the cast members just weren't giving them, and which may, I think makes it extra confusing. I completely agree. I and there were there are that and that's what I'm saying about having more questions now in retrospect actually because there are, it's it's like as screenwriters it's like we are familiar with the concept of setup and payoff. And so yeah. it's like the producers are setting up all of these things in Love is Blind season 5 that then don't get paid off and so then you just start like what? <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's like, it's, it is, it is such a fine art of reality TV show producing of like, we're here for the authenticity. It has to be real or, you know, or it has to be real housewives on that end of the spectrum. And yet they were trying to craft a narrative that was not there. And they had to cut out two entire couples. So I think that was also where a lot of it came from, where they were trying to go oopsies. So let's get into Lydia and Milton, Uche and Aaliyah. So let's just go high level at first. Yes, Milton, he's 24 years old. He is a geologist. His microscope is more important to him than his own penis. (laughs) I mean, that thing is a precious. Absolutely. Don't touch it. Don't Don't touch it. He (laughs) loves rocks and he loves that Lydia loved rocks. Um, Lydia is, is, is the woman he, I'm going to say teams up with, but I guess fall, fell in love. And I would say he didn't strike me as a, been a big scenester. And he really was like a sweet nerd who wanted a wedding, wants a wife, doesn't want to be out in the streets. Right. I, I found him to be very sincere. What'd you think? I thought that he was sincere. I also thought that, you know, it was interesting to see the discourse around him because it was like, Milton is 24 and he's like the most mature person on the show. And while I like can understand where people are coming from with that take. I do want to reiterate just how much he used the phrase planes of existence in talking yes. to Jay. <laughs> and, you know, we're just, ex- we're just existing in different planes. I'm on the X chart. You're on the Y t- chart. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I also, I, I was confused, I think by, so much about Milton, like the fact that he had said that he was 5'8", even though he's 6'7". It's like, he also made a very pointed comment where he sort of petulantly was like, well, I'm the only person who's really doing this uh, experiment correctly. Like, I'm the only one who's doing it the right way because I'm the only one who's not talking about the science way way I look and everything. And it's like, but you're also flat out lying to people. Yeah. Is that the process? (laughs) 
also you're introducing, you are introducing a variable. And I don't know if you know this, Milton, but the people running the experiment, not real scientists. <laughs> this isn't a real experiment. Um, experiment. It's also so funny too, to be like, I don't want to be loved for being six, seven. I'll say I'm five, eight. You're like, okay, but these are two wild heights on the spectrum of male height. Exactly. He also said this phrase constantly. This is a phrase I myself have learned a lot from, especially in therapy and trying to figure out how, you know, certain people can view things differently. However, I don't know if Milton's using it right. right. I don't know. The phrase is my mom always taught me that your perception is your reality. And that is to say that if like something really hurt me, you know, and you were like, well, I don't think it was that painful. I'm like, yeah, but it did hurt me. And I am hurt just because you didn't think it's painful doesn't mean, you know, right. and, and we can have two different views of the exact same event. That's life. Exactly. But I think Milton used that to toxically settle where it's like, you know, my in my reality, Lydia is nice to me. We have multiple interests beyond rocks. Um, we don't fight all the time. And our age difference is not a problem. And I genuinely was her first pick. And in everybody else's reality, Lydia was not going home without being married. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, completely. Lydia came in with a, a mission. And I, I, yes, I also find it interesting. I always find it interesting the way that it feels like Love is Blind has archetypes for different characters that you see on every season. And so it's like Milton sort of reminded me of Paul last season, who's like this super logical, like very, you know, almost mathematic, uh, you yeah. know, dude who is just so extremely detached from like his emotions. And it really makes you wonder how does a person like this end up on this show to begin with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think it's because they're not actually those things. Yes. I, I will say if we're going off of archetypes, Lydia is is Julia Fox in Love is Blind. Oh she, this gosh. is an agent of, of a, chaos. A chaos. She's so interesting. We're so grateful she's there, but also it's like you want her there, but you don't want her as your friend. Um, and somehow in some world, Lydia is also a geologist, which is the one thing holding her connected to Milton. I think she was going to marry anyone. She tried. Milton was definitely her last choice. Absolutely. She would have married the camera op if there was no one left. If Milton said no at the altar, she would have turned directly to camera and said, will you marry me? She would have been talking about whoever was holding the camera. It I know it wouldn't it. have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. And yet at the reunion, they're the only couple. They're the only, the only couple that got married and they're still together. And the way they talked at the reunion really felt quite healthy and kind of lovely the way they were doing it. And I don't believe a minute of it. And I think no. they'll be over soon. Oh no, absolutely. There's no way. Cause also the only way that a person like Milton can watch the season and stay married to Lydia after knowing, after literally seeing the proof that like this person was not necessarily my first choice, I think most people might weigh that in their decision making. In factor. their decision, sure. And it but seems not Milton. like Milton, because your perception is your reality, his he has decided that his perception is that there's nothing off uh, at yes. all about the situation. We need to take that season five footage and put it under his microscope for rocks and make him take a closer look. Um, yeah, it was absolutely wild. And then, okay, so the, this couple, by the way, I have to say, this is the first season. Only one marriage came out of. Only two couples even went to the altar. Right. I think it's clear this show cannot survive unless you got four couples getting married. Minimum. Absolutely. Minimum. And also, they can't survive. No favorite couple. No no one no one to root really for, no one you're for. happy for. Yeah. It's by far the worst season, but it had such a strong start. Um, it did. So, okay. So then Lydia and Milton, they get together. They stay together. They, <laughs> to quote Will and Jada, have an entanglement <laughs> with another couple, Uche and Aaliyah. Yes. And what happens is Uche was dating Aaliyah in the pods and this, they were going to be the favorite couple for me, at least they were going to be the couple before he dragged her for her best cheating, right. which cause he's a psycho. But before that happened, I was like, this is the couple. They really found each other. And most of that was Aaliyah who just expressed emotion so well. And then it comes out that Uche and Lydia previously had dated before the show 
for on and off for a couple years. And as recent as three months ago, they had slept together, which we know because Lydia told it to Aaliyah's face as Aaliyah begged her to stop sharing details. <laughs> Chelsea, this whole situation is absolutely unbelievable. You could not write it, I don't think. I don't think that it would come off as genuine or believable at all. It's giving... Yeah. Single white female, it's giving fatal attraction. I didn't understand yeah. how is it that every single person on, who's on the show says, oh, well, the first thing you notice about Lydia is her voice. You know it's Lydia when she walks in the room. Yet Uche, who dated her for what seems like potentially two years on and off, as recently as three months ago, is like, wait, who is this? Like, Yeah, oh yeah. It, it was just, it to me, that was the moment where I was like, okay, these people are both in on it. Yeah, they definitely were both in on it. They were not in on it together. Uche, for a while, <laughs> believed he was pulling off us a heist by himself. But we know one fact from the reunion, which is that he and Lydia, I'm going to say when they slept together, but let's pretend it's another time casually acknowledged to each other that they had both gone through the casting process for Love is Blind, which is a process that takes months and months and months. Right. So they did the casting process, then slept together. They would have known at three months prior that they would likely have known they were about to film or were at least in contention. Exactly. So they acknowledged that this could happen. They both knew it could happen. Uche then tries to pretend that Lydia stalked him into it, but he's such a bad lawyer, which is his real job, right. that he couldn't pull it off. Right. So, when this came out of like, he knew Lydia and Lydia, by the way, was Aaliyah's best friend, best friend in the pods. I said this season, I didn't think anything could top last season and they did it. And then uh, it went to hell from there. Yes. Now here's my question that, so Yasser and I talk about this all the time. And one of the cookies DMs me, imagine turning on the t television. You're like, let's watch some shit tonight. It's just some garbage. And you turn on the television, you go, hey, that's my lawyer. <laughs> lawyers doing there how how are you allowed to do this when you're supposed to have a real job on top of that uche is such a bad lawyer he tried to walk lydia into the case of her being a stalker by you know he's like we can agree on this right when he had the cell phone right, and he's right. chasing around the barbecue and he's like we can agree that when i and he's trying not to say cheated on you when i had that thing that you were actually initially the liar it, it falls apart it's like you're so bad at this dude right she runs away everyone hates him his handle is i'm above the law I know. his instagram handle I, I would actually love to know, has this person passed the bar? Because yeah, I feel no, like anyone yeah. can call, anyone can say that they went to law school. Anyone can call themselves a lawyer. Are you a practicing lawyer? Are you a licensed oh my God. lawyer? <laughs> Please, can, can one of the cookies in the Houston area who has access to what lawyers have passed the bar, <laughs> please look up this information for us. I beg you, we need to DM know. me we right on know. my Instagram. Come to the Patreon. Yeah, you're right. I, I, he is not above the law. He's being crushed by the law. <laughs> He's being crushed by the law of love is blind. Imagine a real court. The one thing that I appreciated about Milton was that he never bought into Uche's BS. You know, because I feel like he yeah. could have, especially as a 24-year-old, like he definitely could have yeah. gotten caught up in it. And so I'm really impressed that he didn't. Um, and maybe that's due to his like new age philosophies. But but Of this perception is not reality. Exactly. And you're on the X plane and I'm on the Y. But, um, but yeah, it definitely, I, it, the thing that I couldn't let go of was, okay, Uche, you, what you're saying is that Lydia is the, the first thing that he ever said to Aaliyah is that Lydia is an honest person and that she is <laughs> she's a so wonderful person and trustworthy or whatever. <laughs> so he's like yeah. gassing this woman up only to then one, two days later, claim that she stalked him on multiple occasions and he cared about her so much that he felt compelled to ignore the stalking and continue a relationship with her. Yes. And, and once in the pods was so concerned that Milton wasn't the right guy for her because he's so worried about her stalking him. I, I have to say now that you're saying this out loud, Taylor, I really do think they had, they had an agreement. Yes. Um, they made an agreement with each other. And I think the agreement, this is all coming to me. Oh my God. Am I the lawyer now? Okay. <laughs> I think they have sex. They make an agreement. We're going on love is blind. Let's 
pretend to re-meet each other and we'll have like a beautiful love story of like, is this fate? They, and they agree, like they're going to not talk about X and not talk about this. They start that love story. Producers come in and say, you cannot have previously known each other. We won't allow it. The only way you can stay in the experiment is to not tell anyone you knew each other. And they're both like, shit, our plan's up. Let's just make this promise. Because when he's saying she's so trustworthy, he's counting on her to keep that secret. Yes. When he starts to lawyer her, you he's you can tell they've agreed that they're not going to talk about the fact that he cheated on her. Yes. Right? Because she's keeping it off camera for him. And then finally she caves. It's like, it, you guys are, you're both snitches. So messy, just, but messy, like, and not smart. You know, like, not messy. Smart. Yes. A, it's like those episodes of Catfish where it turns out that the people just wanted to go beyond Catfish. Like, they just, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like the episode of Catfish where they're like, hello, my name is Daniela. And you're like, <laughs> I don't even know if you tried. Um, yeah, so true. Okay, and then last in this quad is Aaliyah. Yes. Our, our, angel, our angel, my angel. I will say I love her so much, except she was, she put up with so much. I'm worried for her. Yes. She was walking the plank with Uche. She just, she would get quiet and say, we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. She listened to Lydia tell her the dog treats Uche's dog. Like she went through, she went through too much. And then we now know, even though the producers tried to pretend like they broke up and Uche dumped her when they meet again in Houston, that they in fact had their first kiss and continued to date after that moment. And the producers didn't show us. Why why would they not? Why? Why? You, You know, it's, that's a great question. I have no idea. So I am also right now developing my own reality uh, dating oh docu series. Okay. And so these are questions that I'm constantly asking myself because I'm because part of part of it is like producer interference kind of feels like it exists. It has to exist for a reason, right? Because you yes. need these stories to be created. But then also it's like if the producers aren't producing the right stories, then you just end up with trash that then doesn't even make sense. And when it doesn't make sense, it's not fun. I feel like yeah. as an oh, audience yeah. member. It's the, it's same with a bad movie. Like bad movies that are fun to watch have enough clarity that you can, f- you can enjoy how bad they are. Exactly. Stuff that's just like massive chaos, like aren't fun, aren't fun to watch. Yeah. I, I think that's such a good point. And when it comes to these four, I think Aaliyah was toxic settling for Uche throughout multiple betrayals, multiple red flags meeting yes. in Houston. He yells at her again. She settled for him again. By the way, she's like blocking and unblocking him. Like she's going through it. Right. She was settling for Uche. Yeah. She knows yeah. that it's wrong. She knows that it's bad. This dude, you know, she she has the revelation about, she makes the disclosure about cheating, which he admits that she didn't have to do. She knows that it's going to, that he's going to have a reaction to it. The thing that really set me off with that conversation was she says, you know, I cheated on my boyfriend. It was, you know, whatever. It was two years ago. And then Uche, and then she says, have you ever cheated? And he says, once when I was 18. (gasps) Then he literally says, he says to her, well, I just don't know how how you're able to do that to, to someone. Like, I could never do that to someone. And it's like, Motherfucker, you literally just said you did it to someone when you were 18. So what? It doesn't count because it was 17 years ago or whatever. He cheated on Lydia. That's part of the storyline. I think he would say Lydia and I were in a situation. The roles weren't clear. It wasn't cheating because we were just seeing each other. However, it was enough for her to like look at his phone, find it, then ask him about it till he gave it up. Okay, so then Lydia definitely settled for Milton, even though. Milton's great, but he just wasn't her first. No. Milton, I believe, also settled for Lydia. Yes. I think he was like, she's super hot. I want a wife. I'd like to not date anymore. Exactly. Sure. Yes. And I think the only person who didn't settle was Uche, who had been lucky enough to have any of them. And everybody said no to. (laughs) Exactly. And also, yeah, Uche, just everything about him just was absolutely... The only word I can think of is irksome. Like, he just... Yeah. irked me. And to think that this was the person who we were going to be rooting for, literally just because Aaliyah was carrying that entire relationship on her back, you know, and because we love to see black love. (laughs) Absolutely. Also, he didn't come to the reunion. First rule of reality show, you always come to the reunion. You always come to the reunion. How dare you? Don't do the thing. Don't even do the thing if you're not coming to the reunion. And if Irina can come to the reunion, 
where everyone is like, you're disgusting, right? You're a bully, you're horrible, you're a monster. And she stumbles through a, an apology she didn't memorize well enough and go on to live her life and be happy to this. Like, you can come to the reunion, you know? And he didn't. Coward. 100% coward. He also is like the main person, you know, sort of making these contract violations, right? By like talking about the process of the show outside of the show, which it seems like, I don't know what, what exactly the rules are, like how soon after it airs, can you sort of talk about what actually happened yeah. behind the scenes? But it definitely seems like he was not like following the stipulations of his contract. His uh, own NDA. above the law. <laughs> he's above the, exactly. Also, it's like, my dude, you can never be a lawyer again. You're the you're the worst. Who would ever hire you? You're also giving up your cash and fame to be an influencer. Like you're just you're uh, wrong on all points. Wrong okay, track. next couple. Yes, JP and Taylor. Okay, okay. So <sighs> this, I have a question a, yeah. for you, Chelsea. Tell me. So tell me. When JP says that he wears red, white, and blue, and you're in the pods, and you're Taylor in the pods, and you hear that, what are you envisioning? I think like he's across from me with like a sheet over his head and like a burning cross. (laughs) I'm just like, this is a way to let me know that (laughs) you call the cops on children. On on barbecues. Okay. On barbecues. So I, maybe I am just like so naive, but I, when I heard him say that the second time and I heard him the way he said well you know my favorite colors are red white and blue and they sort of joked about it what I realized is I sort of thought that he loved that color palette do you know what I mean like you just thought he was like this is a good color scheme I thought that he was like yes you know red, white, and blue is like, it's crisp. It's clean. It's classic. It's preppy. You can wear red with anything when you're wearing oh, white and blue. Oh, you were thinking he was talking Ralph Lauren. I was thinking a little bit red, Ralph Lauren. I was thinking Sperry. I was, you know, I'm thinking preppy. I, when, when he, I saw, because he also kept it more subdued, I think in the pods until he had a literal American flag. I think it was a flag. I don't even think it was a blanket. Yes. I he had a real a flag. flag just sitting next to him that he brought into the pods. (laughs) He had American flag swim trunks. He had button ups. He He had socks. Yeah, he had socks. To me, he is an alien who came down from this planet and he said to be a good American, they love the flag. They love firefighters, you know? And he's just walking around being like, flag good, fire good, makeup bad. (laughs) I, I, I think he's a murderer. I got, I definitely got incel vibes from him. I got blessed be the fruit. I was thinking like, what kind of religious fundamentalism must you be participating in to feel like makeup is the thing that is the undoing of a relationship when like you, 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 sir, have never come close to getting married. Like that much is clear. uh, Yes. And you know what? I take it back. I don't think he's a murderer because he doesn't have the follow through the energy. He couldn't, he can't, he couldn't even say the words like get down on the ground. Like he would be like, hello. Um, So for anyone who didn't watch, he basically has this incredible relationship. He no, no chance in hell would get outside of the pods with this girl named Taylor. Who's so lovely and so sweet. And they come out of the pods and he just stops speaking and he never speaks again. And he's really weird to her. And he keeps saying, this is weird. What do we do now? And it's like, oh no, buddy, are you okay? She realizes something is wrong. She gets him to say, eventually, um, I didn't like that you wore makeup. I thought it was fake and I wasn't attracted to you. I thought you were like a gross lady because you had all those fake eyelashes on. And your makeup rubbed off on my jacket. And I thought, am I going to have to deal with her putting on a face for the rest of my life? Yeah. And he kept being like, cause you're a fake person. And I, and I was like, oh, this is the kind of guy who, who gets on like little Reddit forums and is like Victoria's secret water bras are trying to fool men. Oh, for sure. Um, and they're trying to trick us into paying for steaks, but that's a water bra. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's the one who's posting the memes that are like, this is why I don't trust anyone. And it's like a side by side of two very obviously different people, one who's wearing makeup and one who's not. Oh, he is definitely like she's a witch. Oh, absolutely. Witches wear eyelashes and <laughs> lip liner. <laughs> I also felt so bad for Taylor for so many reasons. First of all, she's lovely. I feel like she's angel number two of this season. But second, imagine 
imagine that you're in the pods. You're like talking to this dude. He sounds hot. He's like, I'm a firefighter. Can you imagine how, just how upsetting it would be to go from thinking that you're going to have like this hot Houstonian firefighter dude as your husband and then like Mr. MAGA comes out, you know? Yes, yes. And you know what? I even, I wasn't sure with Taylor. I was like, listen, maybe she's MAGA too. I don't know. She, you know, maybe this is a match. And then he couldn't even be like, my name is JP. He was just like, <laughs> uh, uh. and uh, yeah, the biggest thing for me was at the reunion when Vanessa was trying to get him to say that he would never date someone like Taylor in real life or is she your type or just kind of get him to say a phrase about how he felt about her visually because he was trying to get out of it. And she said, would you hit on her at a bar? And he said, no, because I always have my friends do that for me. And then I come in. I said, oh, you are an insult. You, this is literally the definition. You all run in a pack. Right. You send in your Chad. You do the old switcheroo. I'm sure. Actually, he's, it's my friend JP. Right. I'm sure he's also read the game. I'm sure he yes. also oh. is, you know, using pickup actually, artist tricks. I don't think he is because the game gives you tips. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now and we'll be right back. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Balasai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life. And I can't believe it, but I got to write my own. And it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains. But you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role. And we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book. It matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Okay, welcome back. Let's continue the conversation. Okay, so then we have our our other quad, which is Stacy and Izzy. Yes. And Johnny and Chris. Izzy is sort of the hot guy of the season the because again, love is blind and they can't see him. Right. So right. they all get to assume he's the hot guy. Yes, he is the Barnett for sure. The Shane. Um, yeah, the Shane. He I thought in the pods came off like a lovely guy for the most part. And he is the guy who he's like, so great. You go on a date with him. You realize it's not a match. You say like, hey, it's not a match. And he says, well, you're a fat old whore anyway. I don't know how anyone likes you. You know how old you are, you dumb whore. And you're like, oh my God. You said, like, that is Izzy. And he did it to Stacy yes. when she said no. He's like, she's 33 and not married right. that old hag. Exactly. I'm 29. And, <laughs> and I can like, provide everything a rich man can. Well, can you though? Because you, you're a vague you're, insurance 
agent? <laughs> Who started a business you, right before coming here? Which you're makes definitely sense. like a freelance per commission sales agent for a company you've never set foot in. Right. And then I couldn't stand it. He goes in on Johnny at the barbecue. He just rails her. He's like, you're the dumb worst. You're the worst. You're the worst. You're the worst. And then He's so goes to Stacey and is like, I got so hard when you yelled at Johnny. We just pummeled that bitch. And you're like, that's disgusting. And then at the reunion, it comes out that after that, he went for Johnny again. Of course. Of course he did. Of course. Of course. Because do you remember him telling, he said to Chris, well, you know, I mean, I just want you to be a happy man. And he's like, she told me she loved me four times. And and he reiterates four times. It's like, if this is I a person I you don't it. care about, then why are you counting the number of times that she, you know, and this always happens on these shows where it feels like, and I'm not saying that I think Izzy and Johnny would have worked out necessarily, but I do think that like within the experiment, those two should have chosen each other. Like they were way I agree. better suited I for think each they other. Were the, I think they were the perfect match because yeah. they're both kind of bad. Yeah, no, they're both like kind of schmucky, annoying. Like In the same way. Yes, yeah. wet blankets kind of. I totally agree. So when he chose, when he didn't go with John, so I wasn't rooting for Johnny in the pods. She doesn't come across great. No. I also, there is really something to be said and I'm, I'm going to use the word like fashion, but I don't mean it in the way of like what labels are you wearing, yes. but just in your general awareness of what you should put on your body constantly, I think can show uh, it can show a portal into your brain yes. and how your brain works. And this woman, she is at a filings basement that got set on fire <laughs> and melted into an Ann Taylor f- from the early 2000s. Yes. I, we, I don't even, I wouldn't even know if I was like, I want to try and find that dress. I don't even no. know where I'd start. The ruffle placement, the skirt lengths, the fits, the constant, everything, yes, everything, everything about repeated. It. Re- yeah, right. it was so fascinating. It, it it really was because she actually felt in some ways like the female JP, like she was this alien who had come to earth. And because she also, yeah. she had this thing that I thought was really interesting where it was like, it seemed like multiple dudes were into her. And so it's kind of seemed like Izzy was the dude and Johnny was the girl of this season yeah. who, you know, were kind of the hot ticket items. And Johnny to me, Johnny is the girl at summer camp who all the dudes like, and you don't understand why. Yes. And, and her name is perfect for it. It's yes. always the girl that's like, my name is Dylan. Yes. Like it's a boy's name. and that crazy? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, whoa, <laughs> um, the mystery. Well, I had such a, like, like a come around on Johnny because Johnny's sitting across from this guy, Chris, who's so nice and lovely, and she doesn't care. She only wants Izzy. Izzy's like, no. She's like, all right, I'm going to go back to Chris. Then she meets Chris. He's so handsome and cute. Yes. Outside of the pods. They date. You can tell she has a somewhat good heart in her. She, like, really tries to make it work. And I... Despite the fact that Johnny was constantly wearing wedge sandals (laughs) with clear... a, A giant, thick, clear strap. Which, in the pods, I was like... You know your foot's on camera, but now it's through a thick plastic. <laughs> okay. She's looking for her Cinderella. I think she literally was cosplaying Disney princesses for the duration of yes. the shoot. I agree. I think someone told her uh, a clear strap on the top of your foot elongates your leg. Yes. And I think she's like, I'm elongating my legs because then to the reunion, different wedges, mm-hmm. still clear, still a clear strap. Okay, so let's go to Stacy. Okay. So Chris, he's just the nicest, sweetest guy who's going to turn out to be the worst fuck of them all yes. by the reunion where he's like, I literally started dating someone else when I was with Johnny and didn't tell her. <laughs> Which And, and we, had, we had watched him be nice the whole season. And we were like, what? It was, it was shocking. But then when you watch, when I watched it back again, when I watched the season back again, I actually was not surprised at all because the number of times that Johnny refers to, she's like, well, Stacy is Izzy's Chris, you know, like she's his Chris. Mm. And like, she, mm-hmm. you know, she, he has with her what I had with Chris, which is like, it's not real, you know? And she just was, it was like, even in retrospect, she was shitting on Chris, <laughs> which is yes, such yes. a bizarre choice <laughs> when you're literally about to try to go back to Chris. 
That is so true. This is when Chris began to make sense to me and fully made sense to me. Do you remember the college admission scandal with Felicity Huffman? Yes, of course. And Operation Varsity Lori. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, there was a fixer who was like, hey, you're rich. I'll Let me take a picture of your kid in a boat and I'll say they kayak. Yes. And they're like, okay, here's $500. <laughs> Chris's dad is that fixer. So Chris is, no, I'm serious. His dad is Martin Fox. So if you look up Martin Fox, like he was a part of the college admissions scandal and that's Chris's dad. I love it. And then, um, okay. And then the woman Izzy does pick is Stacy. Yes. Stacy, Stacy, Stacy. This is another person whose fashion really, really bothered me because I mean, at, at points I thought she was a great dresser. She had a whole swimsuit fit with like a really complicated ponytail and I admired it. I, a lot of effort. However, the whole plot arc with her and Izzy is she was like, ew, you're poor. And he was like, no, I'm not. Okay, I am. And <laughs> what I can't, I, there's a couple things I can't, I, I really couldn't stand about Stacey, which is that maybe five days ago, which means two days after the show ended, she launched merch that says, sometimes love likes to fly first class. No. Which is the quote her dad said to Izzy when he was like, are you going to fly my daughter first class? And he's like, yeah, I know you love him, but love is flying first class. And she's like, yeah, daddy, you're right, daddy. And she made it as merch, which one is like, okay, you always got on this show to up one of your many businesses. Even though you're the rich person, you have four side hustles. Right. But no, because she's not rich because she needs a man to pay for everything. Well, and that's the other thing. Stacey, you picked the wrong phrase and you don't, she thinks she's girl power and she's not. She also had this quote, which was, I don't expect a man to take care of me, but I don't want to take care of a man. I said, put that on a sweatshirt. Right. Like let women who let some deadbeat boyfriend live (laughs) off their credit card for two years before cheating on them, see Stacey as their leader. Yes. You know? But love likes to fly first class, isn't that? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. No, absolutely. Can we talk about her makeup? We, how could we not? Does she say she's a makeup artist? Is that one of her gigs? Li- literally. So she, you go to her profile and she's like creator of the closet audit. Okay. Okay. Which is where she like went, goes into her friend's closets and like redoes them or something. Okay. But also we only saw her as a Pilates instructor. Right. She has now added it to her profile. But when you went to the closet audit, you could find her makeup artist profile where, and now it's in her profile where she says makeup artist at the freelance audit, DM me for scheduling and pricing. I said, it better be that you pay them $10 (laughs) to practice on their face. Yeah, I mean, her makeup was so, so distracting. I typed into TikTok Stacy Love is Blind makeup. And then this one makeup artist did this whole video series of, of what happened with Stacy and what not to do. And it wasn't mean. She was just like, here's the brush she's using. Okay. Here's the angle. I learned so much about makeup from the not well, Stacy video. Well, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, get this girl a screen test. Like she needs a oh. makeup test. She oh, needs I'm a wardrobe myself- test. Like if I if I went on one of these shows, this is what I would be doing. I would say, I need to see myself on the monitor. How are you going to facilitate this? <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> you know what I see? I see you don't have any friends in the pods. You don't have one friend in the goddamn pod. That's you don't have so anybody true. on the beach. That's you don't so even true. have Izzy. Right. Nobody is helping you. Right. This is... Nobody in your previous life, when you wore this makeup every day, helped you. Right. Everybody wants you to fail. <laughs> like, who would let you do that? Who would let you do that? And the, the other fashion moment I c- couldn't take with Stacy was the wedding dress, where she was like, I'm not basic. I'm interesting. Right. I'm, I have to have something crazy because I'm Stacy's. So I'm obviously not going to have a normal wedding dress. Proceeds to this woman picked the most normal <laughs> wedding dress, which by the way, I loved. I yeah. would I genuinely would love to wear that dress, so I'm not knocking it. Right. However, she then walked around in it being like, Isn't this dress a crazy? Unique? And I'm like, I I think every bachelorette wore it down the aisle on ABC. Like this 1, is the strapless, fitted at the waist, big skirt. Yep. A line. That's it. That's that's what it is. A line long, yeah. extra long. Yeah. I liked that. I liked it. I would have worn it. I was, and she was like, oh my God, the dress, right? Because I'm 
amazing. <laughs> and she was just like, I'm not basic. I'm not basic. Because I'm a maverick. I'm a maverick. I'm a fashion maverick. I'll audit your closet. I'll fix your face. My boyfriend's poor. And she, this is the, so this is what really made me laugh. So after the reunion, after she like really went in on Johnny, I had two big thoughts, which were one, I might hire Johnny to be my lawyer because Johnny gets out of bad communication in an incredible way. Like people are like, you smell like dog shit, right? And she'll somehow respond in a way where you're like, wow, Johnny's really got it together. Right. She's she's like, I can see your point. I'm not going to disagree with that. But I would say, I was like, right. is Johnny a good lawyer? <laughs> exactly. I think, I, I feel like Johnny would be a better maybe social worker than lawyer. Like she's really good at validating <laughs> the feelings of other people, making them feel heard. I feel like that's <laughs> literally the opposite of what a lawyer does. <laughs> but I feel like, Everything was set up for Johnny to be the villain and Stacey yes. to be the hero. The producers wrote it that way. Yes. To me, Johnny came out the hero and Stacey came out the villain. Absolutely. And to me, that's some good lawyering because I don't think the producers wanted that. No, I don't think the producers wanted that. And I don't even think that Johnny necessarily deserves that. Like, I think I think that it also speaks to just how unappealing Stacey and really Izzy as a pair were. I think Izzy thought he was the bachelor of this season of Love is Blind. Yes, he definitely did. And he still thinks so now, I think. He still thinks so. Everybody wants me because they can't see that I'm bald. Not that bald dudes can't be hot, but like that is, this is, he's thriving. That was his weakness. Because that's his insecurity. And then he, I think he sort of let that whole thing go to his head. I did agree with Stacey that his whole attitude of like, every time they saw Johnny, he was like, I'm so glad I'm with you. I'm so glad I'm not with Johnny. And it felt like he was either trying to convince himself of that or like he can only experience something positive in relation to something negative, you know, which is also icky. Absolutely. And the whole, she's like, just write me a note. And he's like, no, (laughs) but here's flowers. And she's like, ooh, like they just did not, her whole plot line was just like, can you fix my HVAC? Right. And his whole plot line was like, I'll totally be able to fix your HVAC with 20 grand. (laughs) JK, I don't have credit. Um, So, Stacy had to give a statement after the reunion after how cruel she was to Johnny. She got a bunch of backlash. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't see this. She's like, I had to because while in the pods, I'm going to read. While in the pods, she told my fellow castmates, quote, Izzy would never be happy with her. Quote, if that's what he wants, he's going to have bigger problems outside of here. Quote. So just to pause here. Not that bad. No. Not that bad. I mean, this is, that's pretty harmless. Yeah. Okay. That's how you quote, should feel. Stace- yeah, it's how you should feel about the person who's Who getting the, the guy you want. want. Yeah. <laughs> then quote, Stacy is the safe choice. And you're like, okay. If Izzy chooses Stacy, he's going to be disappointed at reveal because she is not hot. Okay, I'll give you that one, uh, I guess. Then she says, some of these things were said when I was in the room. Some were said to my friends behind my back, who in turn told me. I never once called her out, blah, blah, blah. At the barbecue, Milton, Johnny, and I were sitting together and Milton said, man, Johnny, I don't remember Stacy from the pods, but we met in Mexico and she's super cool. Johnny scoffed and replied, not memorable, shocking, with a sarcastic tone, <laughs> making me feel like I wouldn't be a memorable person. And I was like, why? This is like, Stacy's doing a lot for what is just kind of like a bitter, kind of quietly, for bitterness, it's giving me a three. Like yes. it's not giving me much. No. But what I realized is that that's Stacy's worst nightmare. She is not safe. She is very memorable. She has the craziest wedding dress you've ever seen in your life. Like Johnny got her yes. where it fucking hurts. Like she got her core wound. Oh, absolutely. She called her a basic bitch. And said she wasn't she hot. She said, I'm not memorable. Yes. And <laughs> <I'm> not hot. <laughs> yeah, no. And that- I was like, Stacy, this isn't helping you. No. The one thing I really give Stacy is that I believe. Izzy realized he chose wrong, was trying to toxically settle with Stacy and make it work. I think uh, Johnny was going after Izzy. Then she goes and tries to settle with Chris. Yes. Chris then cheats on her. There, Stacy is the one person in this season who just said, no, I'm not going to fake it. And you're not going to work for me. And I want a man with money and you don't have it. And right. I'm walking away. And I actually kind of applaud that because if that's your goal, do that. Because yes. Y'all are definitely going to be a train wreck, but both just so unhappy. So miserable. So, so good for you. Okay. Question for you. If you were to go on love is blind and you wanted to know like 
what someone's socioeconomic status was, but you didn't want to just like ask them outright. What questions do you think would you ask like in a coded way to try to figure it out? Like, cause to me, Stacey made a huge mistake by not just asking, you know? Yeah. And I think when she did ask, he then obfuscates and kind of lies or gets around it. Okay. Taylor, let's go back and forth and let's just try and think of some coded questions we would ask if we were trying to find out someone's socioeconomic. Okay. Mine, I have, I have thought about this a lot and I have a lot of bitchy ones. I would be like, so did you ever have braces growing up? (laughs) Because I feel like is like a sign of like, (laughs) absolutely. I would say, what's your order at Olive Garden? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that is brilliant because then you you might get someone saying, oh, well, I have never been to an Olive Garden. You might get someone saying, oh, I get X, Y, Z and I go every week. Or you might get someone saying, I only went on special occasions and I always got something different. And like, that that tells you all you need to know. Then you would know. (laughs) Then you would know. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I want to go into just some quick hot topics yes. before we're on our way out. So one, the legal situation. This show has been accused of everything from not feeding the contestants or giving them water to there's another couple who was cut out because after everything wrapped, she reported that her partner sexually abused or assaulted her. I'm, I, I'm unclear while they were in Mexico, which means they had to cut around so many things. Right. They opened the show with a cornucopia of bagels. Yes. I'm talking close zooms of orange juice, oh, yeah, that salmon evil, and blocks. And I was like, I said, exhibit A, this is them saying we do feed them. Exactly. And then exhibit B is in my all my conspiracy theory, is there was another couple that was also cut out, okay. which is Renee and Carter. Right. I know from the cookies that Renee went on a podcast and said Carter was really shitty to her and like brings a woman home to their pods. And I think they didn't show it because you're like, why wouldn't you show that? That'd be amazing television. They didn't show it because they didn't want to show that that type of horrible behavior is possible in the pods because they now have an ongoing sexual abuse Mm, allegation. That's a great that's a great theory. That makes That's a lot of my sense. theory. Because otherwise, why would why would you ever not show it? Right. Exactly. However, Renee is online being like, pretend I was on the season. Pretend I was on the season. <laughs> and Renee, nine months after the show wrapped, got married. Oh, that what? She's she full on married, which one is weird, but two, she's been posting so much. I think she was she was like, I'm gonna be an influencer, and it didn't work because they cut her out. Right. She was, but she's. She I, was, listen, I want her story. Can you imagine, I want Renee. like, what it would be like to go on Love Is Blind? You give up however many weeks of your life. You you think you're toxically settling for this, like, you know, Ford F one fifty dude or whatever, and who then cheats on you? You have you have no idea that you've been cut. You get your socials ready. You've got your TikTok prepped. You've got your IG. You, you got your merch of what you said at the yeah, altar. Literally. Being like, no, thank you, Carter. <laughs> exactly. And then you're just cut. You're just cut. I would be so mad. I'd be devastated. I kissed a man like Carter, like Carter. just to sell out for Instagram. Exactly. Air it. Put it on. Release the cut. Release the cut. Okay. So this show is how there is a new union forming of reality TV show contestants being like, we have rights just like a SAG actor would. And yet the show is, I think it's less of a hit this season, but it's still going strong and they're refilming seasons. What is next for the show, Taylor? Like, how does this show get better, get back on track, deal with actual real world problems? Yeah, I think, so one of the things that I keep thinking about is the presentation, uh, like how they're presenting the show for the audience. Like it's, from what I've read, it seems like the living quarters, like the women's and men's living quarters are literally just a set. Like there's, there's no bedrooms behind those doors. It's just like a place where they come and like crack eggs and like 
open yeah. and it looks like they're cooking. Um, and so I think <laughs> that is a big part of it, you know, is like it, as long as we're not seeing how these people are actually living, I think they can, there's a lot that the producers can get away with. Um, Great point. Like give them the gross bachelor mansion. It seriously. can obviously be disgusting, but give them a house. Give them a house give them that's rigged with the camera setups and whatever. One of the things that I do love about the show is the camaraderie that comes out of the relationships with the women and the men, the you friendships, know, on, yeah, 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 on either side. But there's also, I'm sure like a lot of that that's happening that we're not able to see because we just have this fake like facade of a living quarter, you know, which is just so, so weird. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no idea what's next. What I need, what I crave is body diversity on one of these shows. Mm-hmm. And especially because I feel like Love is Blind is like primed for like it literally the yes. setup is like built for people who like are maybe typically not, you know, uh, cast Shown on, these on types of shows. dating shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yet we we are still getting care. You know, people like Taylor, who I loved, but you know, her whole storyline was I let myself go. Like, what does that mean? Why are we talking? It's twenty twenty three. Like, w- what are you saying? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a really good point. And I I think what I want and what I loved from that show is that it felt closer to an authentic dating show than any of the others. You get to see the nuances and complexities of relationships while being, you know, a hot mess. Right. And I think these producers have to stop writing the storylines. They have to start following them a little more and less like ahead of the curve. Like I want to see Aaliyah and Uche date again and fall apart. Yeah. You know, Well, and I wanted to see Johnny and Chris where, why were the cameras not rolling on that, on them dating? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I want to see Lydia, say whatever she says to Aaliyah that makes her run out in the middle of the night. So, okay. In ending this with toxic settling, Taylor, have you ever, do you think you've ever toxically settled in a relationship before? 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Without hesitation. I loved it. I think I was like killer at it. And I do think it comes in all shapes and sizes. My personal shape and size was just like, uh, just a people pleaser, just making it work. Mm. And also I think fear, fear of putting myself out there and not wanting to experience pain in that way. You know, the thing I really want to say about toxic settling is that I think in a really good way, this season, I hope pushed people off (laughs) the idea of toxic settling, or maybe people were able to see like, oh, they're really forcing these relationships. Perhaps the storylines and the people in it were just too nutso for people to see themselves in it. But I think toxic settling is one of the worst things you can do to yourself, but also one of the easiest. And when I think back to times when I did this in my own life, you're like, oh, for a little bit? No, for long amounts of time, you guys, long, long, long relationships did I do this where I just sort of pushed myself into a relationship that totally wasn't meant for me or really worked really hard at love with someone who I was not meant for. Um, To what end? I think this happens easily because it's so hard to articulate love in a good relationship. And so when you go looking for resources on like what, what it's supposed to feel like, what actually makes love good, when do you know someone's the one, it's just this amorphous, mush pile of platitudes. And so if you're in a bad relationship, you can often think, no, you're not. You can listen to people who have, who have bad relationships being like, oh, it's normal to fight all the time. You can watch Ben Affleck giving award speeches where he's like, marriage is work. It's work. I'm so tired. And think like, oh, it's just supposed to be that hard. Or you can be like, oh, things are going fine. So I must be so very lucky. And I've been in a lot of those where it's like, it's absolutely fine. And, and who's to say that like, you should ask for more than that. I also, I'm just on my little soapbox for just a little bit longer than I'll get off. I, so I think it's very easy to be in one because it's very hard to gauge if your relationship is good or bad, um, a- among like everything else. And I also think it's something that I de- was definitely doing because one, I was afraid of putting myself out there. I didn't want to experience pain, especially from men. And also I, did not believe I deserved a lot. And so I always felt just very grateful with whatever, whatever I thought I could, I could maybe have. And 
I just saw that all over the season. Obviously, they were settling because they wanted to make it to the altar to get more Instagram followers. <laughs> but I also, some relationships did last and really try for each other where I think they were just pushing too hard. And I just, if anyone is out there like wondering, thinking, I, you just, all I can say is like, it really is in your gut, which sucks because you're like, what do you mean? It's in my gut. Like, just give me an answer. But I remember there was, there was one relationship I was in where I would call my friend and I would say, every time I picture us getting married, I feel like throwing up. But I kept thinking like, oh, is that just like my views on commitment and marriage? And is that just like my own issues? And I knew that y'all for a long time and stayed with them where it's like, you know what? If you feel like throwing up when you picture that, like, it's just not... You know, how much clearer does it need to be? But because settling can often feel so um, like solid and secure. And and by the way, I'm sure they they thought about throwing up when they were marrying me. This was a mutual thing. Um, uh, you know, settling can just feel so secure. And that can talk you out of a lot of things because breaking up and being on your own can be insecure and very hard. So anyways, that's my soapbox. That's what I want to say about toxic settling in this episode. Yes. Something that I've realized is that a relationship doesn't have to last forever for it to be successful. Relations mm. successful relationships can have any length of time and the definition of success is different for everyone. And so if you are with someone for, you know, a year and you it that relationship helped you realize that you have a pattern of toxically settling, um, then that serves you, you know, and that's like helpful yeah. to you. Okay. Taylor, yes. last question. Tell me just your favorite moment from this season of what is the worst season? What was the best moment of the worst season? Okay. I would say is the moment where Lydia and Aaliyah, I felt we're going to make out <laughs> on the couch. I genuinely, I wrote in my notes, I was like, are these ladies going to make out right now? What is happening? Like, I would have been into it. I would have been down. I think it would have absolutely derailed the entire thing in a way yeah, that no yeah. one could expect. But like, that's what Lydia and Uche had already done. So that was my favorite moment, I think, because it really encapsulates the entire, the, the entire mess of the season, which is like this Lydia telling Aaliyah way too much, getting way too close to her, seeing something about her self in her, you know, like it just, it, it was so bizarre and very toxic to me. And I think for that reason, it is my favorite moment of the season. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Mine, I think would be Stacy's dad walking in the bridal suite and her saying, dad, look at my shoes. I know you want to see the shoes. And he barely offers a facial expression in return. At that moment, I looked at his face and he was that special color of red where it's like, oh, you wake up in, with a screwdriver and you are not, you've, you've never been sober. And when she's like, what should I do? And he was like, ah, you'll do the right thing. And then she's like, yeah, you want to talk about it? He's like, no. And then he walks her down the aisle, just a, an alien. He's the richest man. He's, I was like, oh, he's fully been drunk his whole life. Um, and that... <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I love it. Taylor, tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, support your work, talk about Love is Blind with you. <laughs> Taylor, I believe, is on the Patreon chat, so you can find her in chat. Yes, I'm in the chat. I have a cookie. I'm a long time, first time. Um, and my Instagram handle is Reedsley, R-E-I-D-S-L-E-Y. And I have a new podcast that I'm launching that's more of a comedy chat cast uh, that's called Stars Wars. And I'm going to basically break down every episode episode with a guest, uh, an infamous feud in pop culture. So like from Beyonce and Jay-Z and the elevator at Solange to, you know, cage match between Elon Musk and <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, we're going to be chatting about it all. So I would love to have you as a guest, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I will be there. You know, I love a feud. Yes. Give, give me a good lady feud. You know, those are my favorite. I love it. I've got uh, a list. I love women vying for power. Yes. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. That's all for this week's episode. If you have something to say, you want to talk back to this episode, or you have a question, or maybe you think you have a difference of opinion, join the book club. The book club is on Patreon. We have a chat and there are so many cookies in the chat. We talk about the episodes. We talk about book recommendations. We just talk about our lives. We break things down. It's super fun. It's on Patreon. You can join for as little as $1 or $5 a month, and then just download the mobile app and you can chat all day long with us. 
Also, if you join Patreon, all the episodes are ad-free. So we started running ads. If you don't like that, join our Patreon. We send you a podcast feed with ad-free episodes and everyone comes to your phone. You would also get all of the bonus episodes. And there are so many great bonus episodes. You get all of that when you join our Patreon. And if you're a super hardcore cookie, we have a live book club on Zoom once a month. It's on Sundays. It's so fun. Sometimes we dress up. We chat about the episodes. No reading is required. If you want to read along, it's so fun. But also, most people just listen to the episode. And then we chat and hang out and check in. And a lot of really deep friendships have formed. It's the best. A big thank you to our podcast producer, Kate Downey, our executive producer, Jordan Moncada, our sound engineer, Marcus Hom, and our amazing assistant, Jaren Padre. I also want to thank our friends over at Pattern Brands. They are our product partner and they keep me and my guests just rolling in the cutest tiny spoons and candles and so many other cool things. And Paquetto, I genuinely love our product partners. I love them so much. So go check them out. Everything is linked in the show notes. And if you have questions, go to the Patreon chat lounge and I'll see you there.